0: Good Thursday morning to you. It's time for MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. I'm Jay White. Coming up today on the program, we'll speak with David Brandt. He is the Mississippi Associated Press sports editor. We'll talk to him about all the success that's been happening in uh, Mississippi with our uh, college program, State, Ole Miss, Southern of Miss. Not just in baseball uh, and in uh, basketball, but uh, some of the more minor sports as well. Mississippi State and Ole Miss made uh, both the tennis NCAA tournaments. They're both in the softball NCAA tournament. And uh, Ole Miss just qualified for the NCAA play golf national championship uh, second round as well so a lot of good stuff happening we'll talk to him about that and the end of the baseball season that is as it is approaching and we'll speak with former mpb season pass compadre sam wells he's back in the building he is with the mississippi special olympics they got a big event coming up we'll talk to him about that and more season pass coming up on think radio
1: Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Corva Coleman. President Trump has reacted angrily today to the appointment of a special counsel to oversee the investigation of Russian meddling in last year's election. NPR's Scott Horsley reports Trump called the probe, which also includes alleged ties between Russia and the Trump campaign, a witch hunt.
2: Trump's initial reaction to the appointment of special counsel Robert Mueller was fairly muted. He issued a statement last night saying the investigation would, quote, confirm what we already know there was no collusion between my campaign and any foreign entity. But after a morning of newspaper headlines and TV news shows dominated by the story, Trump adopted a more aggressive tone. He tweeted, This is the single greatest witch hunt of a politician in American history. Trump also complained there was never a special counsel appointed to investigate the Obama administration or the Clinton campaign, despite what he claimed, without offering evidence, were illegal acts. Scott Horsley, NPR News the White House.
1: Deputy Justice Department Attorney General Rod Rosenstein appointed Robert Mueller as the special counsel. Today, Rosenstein will brief the full Senate on his decision. He was originally asked to speak to senators following President Trump's decision to fire FBI Director James Comey last week. Media mogul Roger Ailes has died. Fox News read a statement from his wife confirming that he passed away this morning at the age of 77. A cause of death has not yet been reported. NPR's Elizabeth Blair has more.
3: Throughout his career, Roger Ailes moved seamlessly between entertainment, politics, and news, often blending all three. The son of a factory worker, Ailes got his start in Cleveland in the 1960s on the variety show hosted by Mike Douglas. Republican presidential candidate Richard Nixon hired him as an advisor after being a guest on the show. Ailes went on to work on the campaigns of Ronald Reagan and George H.W. Bush. It was in 1996 under Rupert Murdoch that Ailes launched Fox News. The network largely credited with introducing fiercely partisan broadcast journalism. In July
1: of last year, after several women accused Ailes of sexual harassment, he resigned from Fox. Elizabeth Blair, NPR News, Washington. There were demonstrations in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on Wednesday after a jury acquitted a white police officer in the shooting death of an unarmed black motorist last September. Officer Betty Jo Shelby says she shot motorist Terrence Crutcher because he walked away from her with his hands raised instead of lying on the ground as she ordered. Crutcher's father, Reverend Joey Crutcher, was shocked. I said that I would accept whatever the verdict was, and I'm going to do that. Let it be known that I believe in my heart that Betty Shelby got away with murder the officer's lawyer had said prosecutors rushed to charge his client too quickly in the racially tinged case. On Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 61 points. You're listening to NPR. Brazil's president, Michel Temer, is denying a published report accusing him of corruption. The Globo newspaper of Brazil reports there's a recording of Tamer agreeing to direct hush money from a private businessman to buy the silence of Brazil's former Speaker of the House. The ex-speaker is now jailed for corruption. Tamer has held office since former President Dilma Rousseff was impeached last year, also on corruption allegations. Newly elected French President Emmanuel Macron is holding his first meeting with members of his government. NPR's Eleanor Beardsley reports, Macron's diverse cabinet picks are part of a balancing act and meant to widen his support.
3: France's new economy minister, Bruno Le Maire, is a free marketer chosen from the mainstream conservative party. The choice is key for Macron's plans to overhaul French labor laws this summer. In a nod to the importance of Europe, Macron has appointed a centrist lawmaker in the European Parliament as defense minister. Sylvie Goulard speaks four languages and is better known in Brussels than Paris. The former socialist defense minister, Jean-Yves Le Drian, is now foreign minister. By winning the presidency with no established party backing, Macron has already thrown traditional party loyalties into the air. Now he has to win a majority in upcoming legislative elections to implement his platform. Early polls show Macron's new party, Republic on the Move, is in the lead. Eleanor Beardsley, NPR
1: News, Paris. The former lead singer for the U.S. grunge band Soundgarden and the group Audio Slave has died. Chris Cornell died Wednesday night in Detroit. He was 52. I'm Corva Coleman, NPR News.
4: Support for NPR comes from Angie's List for helping
5: people get started on their to-do list for the beginning of home improvement season. Whether they are looking for inspiration or need to hire a local pro. More at angieslist.com. Angie's List. Home is where our heart is. This week on Ampton Wired,
3: Los Brown.
5: always in my head. Sometimes I, I I wake up in the middle of the night with a melody in my head, so I knew that this is what God wanted me to do. Ampton Watch it loud. Friday at 10 on MPB Television.
0: Welcome back. It's MPV Season Pass on Think Radio. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. Plenty to get into and some great guests. We've got a, a group of folks from um, uh, Special Olympics, Mississippi. They'll be here. We're going to talk to them about 1020 this morning. Uh, they got uh, some great events coming up. We've had them on the show before and glad to have them back again. It's so, uh, a great thing if you're a sports fan that you can dig into, um, not just from a, for- a sports perspective, but a volunteer perspective and, and much much more, and uh, at ten forty, we'll speak with David Brandt. He's the uh, sports editor for the Associated Press here in the state of Mississippi. We'll talk to him some about what's going on in college baseball, but that's not just all. We'll talk to him about um, uh, a, a thing I think it's kind of been going under the radar a little bit here in the state of Mississippi, and that is the success of uh, I think what they would call the non-revenue sports. In Mississippi, uh, the, the, some of the smaller sports, a lot of the, the revenue sports are considered baseball and, uh, or excuse me, um, football and men's basketball, by and large. Baseball is a sport that is a revenue sport in Mississippi because so many people go to see it, uh, that it makes money. Women's basketball is quickly becoming that also. But uh, we'll speak to David Brand about uh, a handful of things, uh, including if i can get all of these right right here i think uh old miss and mississippi state had teams make the ncaa tournament in tennis um the uh, old miss made the ncaa uh, regionals uh last week in men's golf and i believe they finished in the top five in their regionals so they qualified for the national championships uh so that's uh, mm-hmm. A big deal. Uh, you, the the biggest story from last weekend probably was um, the Ole Miss softball team winning the SEC tournament, uh, coming from the eight seed to do so. Not just the lowest team to make it into the championship, but the oldest team to, or the the lowest seeded team to win the championship. So uh, a lot of good stuff going on. Ole Miss and Mississippi State both qualified for the NCAA softball tournament, and. um Thanks in large part to the run that they had through the softball, the SEC softball tournament, Ole Miss is hosting a regional in Oxford, which is uh, really cool. And something that, I don't know, maybe like a week ago was uh, totally unforeseen. I think Ole Miss would almost could have considered them uh, a, a bubble team up until a week ago and then this impressive run to the sec tournament has them on their way to the ncaa tournament for sure and as a one seed and hosting a regional in oxford which is very cool now we do have um the tried and true um uh, sports that we love here in mississippi including college baseball it's getting down to it today this is thursday and Today will begin the last weekend of the regular season in the SEC baseball season. Yesterday started the uh, the first day of the Southwestern Athletic Conference baseball tournament. Jackson State was your regular season champion in that league and number one seed uh, out of the East Division in that tournament. That started yesterday. They were successful. They, they fell behind 2-0 early against Southern University, came back uh, held their composure, came back and won that game 4-2 and advanced into the second round. The champion of the West Division, which was Grambling State, lost yesterday afternoon to Alcorn. That was an upset. That was, Alcorn was the fourth seed out of the East Division, and they upset Grambling, who was the champion of the West. Now, that's good news for Jackson State because that puts – it's a double elimination tournament. That puts one loss on the champion from the other side. However, I think uh, most people who follow the league and understand the team's and uh, their strengths. While grambling is something to be uh, uh, looked at, the second-best team in the league is Alabama State, and that's the team that Jackson State really has to worry about. Uh, and Alabama State is the two-seed out of the East Division, which they're on the other side of that bracket as well. So uh, keep you updated on what happens there. D1Baseball.com put out regional projections for the college baseball tournament um, on uh, Tuesday and it had some uh, interesting things at uh, Hattiesburg as a host. Uh, Southern Miss hosting in Hattiesburg. And uh the number two seed for them would be Mississippi State, which is a a change. Mississippi State has been considered a host uh, for, or, or uh, close to a lock for a host for probably you know, close to the last two months or maybe a little bit longer, uh, and now considered a two seed. Baseball America did regional projections as well. Baseball America considers Mississippi State still a host, so they're right there on the cut line. Now, it's interesting because, Mississippi State still has a top 20 RPI. And Mississippi State still has a chance to win the SEC Western Division. If they win the Western Division of the SEC, um, they're going to be a host. There's no doubt about it. Which means that it's it's this weekend, and if you're an SEC baseball fan, if you're a college baseball fan, if you just love the, the sport, the game, love to watch it, this is an awesome weekend because there are a couple of bubble teams that are running up against each other with Auburn and Ole Miss uh, their records are, are one-off from each other both overall and in terms of wins and losses. And whoever loses that series is going to take a significant R- RPI hit, which could hurt them in terms of gaining an at-large bid. But uh, that that is one thing that it will be interesting. But the main event is the fact that both division championships in the SEC are still up in the air. Uh, I believe Florida has a one-game lead on Kentucky. And LSU has a one-game lead on Mississippi State, and they're both playing against each other this weekend. It's almost like you have um, two division championship series going on for the SEC regular uh, regular season division championships. Kentucky and Florida playing this weekend, and uh, Mississippi State and LSU are playing this weekend. They're playing in Starkville. At Duty Noble Field, as it always is because of the the last week of the regular season before the SEC tournament, all of the series start on Thursday. So if you're, you know, waiting or planning, maybe if you're thinking about maybe heading up this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday are all the series this week and uh as opposed to what they normally are, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Southern Miss has nothing to worry about. They do though they do have something still to play for. They're playing for hosting. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Southern Miss was listed as a, a host regional in these D1.com, uh, D1Baseball.com regional projections as a host in Hattiesburg with Mississippi State as number two. I will mention to you that Ole Miss is uh, considered number three with their uh, series win last week, their two-out-of-three series win. Uh, Ole Miss um, worked their way back back into a lot of these regional projections. They were kind of on the outside looking in up until last week, and Ole Miss had a pretty decent week in South Carolina, took a tumble, and uh, it looked like a lot of the regional projections basically just traded those two SEC schools out. But uh, here's what it looks like uh, overall. Uh, Ole Miss is a three at uh, the Chapel Hill Regional, North Carolina, Southern Miss hosting in Hattiesburg with Mississippi State as number two seed, which would be very, very interesting. Um, and would give Mississippi basically a, a 50% shot at putting at least one team in the Super Regionals. And Jackson State is listed as a four seed in the Baton Rouge Regional. That is assuming that they go through and win the Southwestern Athletic Conference Tournament, which again, yesterday they beat Southern 4-2, to took that first step to a SWAC uh, tournament victory. The uh, Region 23 Junior College Baseball Championships are going on right now. And uh, boy, there was a huge... Actually, I guess there was a couple of huge upsets yesterday. Hines defeated LSU Eunice. I know seed-wise, I think Hines was a three and Eunice was a four, but if you look at their records, you look at the national rankings, I may have that totally wrong, but if you look at the the national rankings, I think Eunice was number two in the country going into the tournament, number two team in the country. Uh, The number one team in the country was Jones County uh, Junior College, and they were beaten by Pearl River, which was a humongous upset. Uh, That was uh, yesterday evening. Jones County... I believe they took a 44-2 and two record into the tournament. So uh, that was a huge upset. It is double elimination. So both those teams, uh, Eunice and Jones County, still have the ability to work through. But I'm telling you, the <laughs> the worst thing that could have happened for both those teams, for Eunice and Jones, is that they both lost. And so... One is not working their way through the winner's bracket, and the other is not working their way through the loser's bracket. They're both in the loser's bracket right now. The one- and two-ranked teams in the country are both trying to wade their way through the loser's bracket, the Region 23 Junior College Baseball Tournament, and that is bad news uh, because only one can get out. And then when they do, they still have to beat another team, which will be a, a good team regardless of who they get to, twice. Uh, so that's interesting stuff from the, the junior college ranks here in Mississippi. And then... Uh, today we will begin the South Region in the Division Two NCAA Baseball Tournament. Delta State is hosting at Boo Ferris Field in Cleveland. Uh, I, I, I think we talked last week. Yeah, we did. We covered their their semifinal come from behind win uh, against. I want to say it was West Alabama. They were do they were losing sixteen to three, I believe, at one point in that game, and they came back to win. Uh, They're losing 13-3. to I I can't remember the score exactly, but they scored 13 runs in an inning. Wound up coming back to win, going through the semifinals to the championship, winning the Gulf South Conference Tournament, and getting a number one seed. I believe they're ranked seventh in the country nationally or fourth, depending on what poll you look at. There's a handful of them, as you do in college baseball. And um, they are hosting the South Regional in Cleveland this week. There are seven teams in the regional, including the defending national champion Nova Southeastern, who's like the sixth seed in the tournament, which gives you um, some idea about the strength of the region. Delta State is hosting. They're the one seed. They get a bye past the first round. They won't play until tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So, uh, and if you go to Delta State's website, you go uh, follow their social media. They're all over the place on Facebook and Twitter. Um, Delta State has um, video and audio links to uh, almost all of their games. I don't know if the NCAA tournament changes that. But um, they will at least have an audio stream that you can listen to it if you can't check out the video stream of that as well. And uh, they are looking to get back to the NCAA Division II College World Series. And with the tournament at home, which they're deadly at Boo Ferris Field, with the tournament at home and the fact that they have a bypass the first round, uh, that gives them a really good uh, a leg up on the potential to uh, make it back to the d2 world series uh the boo fair speaking of uh the uh, boo ferris talking about ferris field in cleveland the boo ferris trophy uh one of the c spire uh player of the year awards uh, which is given out by the mississippi sports hall of fame uh was uh, the finalist for the baseball version of those awards, the Boo Ferris Trophy uh, were uh, was announced, or the finalists were announced, I should say. And uh, it, it's it's an interesting group. It's it's all I wanna, well I want to say it's all hitters. A couple, well, three of the guys are actually uh, they pitch as well. They're two way players, but uh, the five finalists, man, I don't know. There's it's uh, a pretty incredible a group of players uh, who are listed. Uh, of course, Brent Rooker from Mississippi State uh, is is th- the odds-on favorite to win the trophy. Uh, but uh, a, a trio of players from Southern Miss uh, are listed in there, and then uh, a player from Delta State, too, uh, Wheeler, who has uh, 18 homers and 45, uh, excuse me, 18 homers and uh, I want to say 85. Four, uh, I said Wheeler. Zach Shannon is his name. Uh, I was getting my fantasy baseball team confused with it. All right, so uh, Brent Rooker from Mississippi State is in there. Four hundred hitter with twenty homers, sixty-eight RBIs. Uh, Dylan Bordeaux Taylor Braley and Matt Walner, all from Southern Miss, are, uh, are among the five finalists. And then Zach Shannon from Delta State. Uh, now, the thing about this is, and this has been my contention for the longest time, make one trophy for State Old Miss Southern, make one trophy for the, the three SWAC schools, and then make another trophy for everybody else, which includes the D2 schools, the D3 schools, and the NAIA schools, because Zach Shannon has had a season to remember at Delta State. A 451 hitter, 451. His on base percentage is 515, which means he gets on base more times than he doesn't get on base. This is a college baseball player. This is not Little League down the street. 515 on base percentage, 84 RBIs. He's only, they play 51 game season. 84 RBIs in 51 games means he's driving in 1.6 runs per game. 84 RBIs at a .987 fielder to boot, slugging .795. But Rooker's going to win, and Rooker should win. He's had an incredible season. He's He's got a good chance to win the Triple Crown in the SEC, which is the best college baseball league in the world. And so that has to win that trophy. But between Rooker and Shannon and the season he's had at Delta State and then Taylor Braley at Southern Miss, Eleven homers, forty seven RBIs, slugging five seventy five, and then he's also one of their weekend starters in a rotation, um five and two on the season and eleven starts with a three forty-eight ERA. And uh I mean he's starting Sunday games for them now on a team that went twenty one or their team that's twenty one and five in this past weekend wrapped up the conference USA baseball championship. So I mean he's a two way player that's had success on both sides. Uh so there's there's plenty of argument and it's not as a slam it's not as much a slam dunk as you would think it is for Rooker, and that's a testament to the rest of those guys, as much as it is Rooker, because he's had an insane season. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we've got uh, some folks here from uh, the special the Special Olympics Mississippi, and they've got some events coming up. We're going to talk about that later on in the show. About ten forty, we'll speak with David Brandt, who is the uh, Associated Press sports editor for the state of Mississippi. I'm Jay White. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. We'll be right back.
1: radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
2: We did it. We asked for the chance to put an MPB car tag into production and wow, did you come through. Starting in July, we'll have a lot of seriously styling MPB listening drivers out there on the road enjoying the best Mississippi has to offer in news and entertainment. Thanks to all of you who said yes to the MPB car tag and yes to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart. Join me each Thursday for Southern Remedy Kids and Teens on MPB Think Radio. Each week we talk with you about the health issues that are facing your children. From acne to concussions to diaper rashes and tonsils, from potty training to allergies to braces, and everything in between. It's Mississippi's free weekly pediatric clinic on the radio. Listen to any of our episodes on demand through the MPB Public Radio app and online at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio.
6: President Trump campaigned on America First. Now he'll embark on his first international trip as president with an ambitious schedule of stops meant to send a message. President Trump understands that America First does not mean America alone. I'm Ari Shapiro. Could crises involving the president back home taint the trip? That story this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News.
1: Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.
0: Welcome back. This is MPB's season pass on Think Radio. I'm Jay White here with Sam Wells again.
6: Wow, oh, what's old is new again, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: how's it going? It's going well. Going really well. I now you 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 left us high and dry, and uh, went to a, a new a new job, a new career, new horizons, a new chapter, and all that such stuff. And now you are working with Special Olympics Mississippi and you come in here and you hand me a brochure and you said, I designed this. Yeah, boom. And, and it doesn't look bad. It, it looks on purpose. Yes. It looks good. It, this, looks, uh, it looks good. Not great, but good. No, 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 no. This does look <laughs> great. So, um,
3: Well, I feel like I should apologize for hiring him away, but I'm not gonna.
0: <laughs> no, no. Absolutely, absolutely not. Uh, we have Sam Wells, who is the uh, marketing and development director. And we have Monica Daniels, the executive director of Special Olympics Mississippi. Thank you so much for uh, coming in.
3: Oh, absolutely. Happy to be here.
0: Absolutely. We've talked about Special Olympics Mississippi on the program before. Uh, Before we get into uh, the event that's coming up, if, if folks are unfamiliar or want to familiarize themselves or become involved... Uh, In any kind of way, how do they do that? What's the best way to just jump in headfirst if they want to do that?
3: Well, we have an open-door policy. So if you're in Madison, you can just drop by and see us at 15 Olympic Way off Highway 51. You can uh, visit our website at specialolympics.com ms.org it has all of our events uh calendar how to volunteer how to make a donation how to sponsor an event um just about anything you would want to be involved in you can find that um on our website
0: that's awesome and you are a mpb sustainer i learned during this break so now i'm a huge fan i i already wanted to become a a supporter of Special Olympics Mississippi, and it's something every time I think about it, like, oh, I'm going to do that, and then I forget to. I imagine that's how a lot of people are with supporting MPB, when they hear us (laughs) talk to them in the car and stuff like that. But uh, now I have even more reason to reciprocate and become a supporter of uh, Special Olympics Mississippi. So uh, Summer Games 2017 coming up. Uh, big event! It's going to be down on the coast. I know you're you're headed down there uh, very soon, like After today, is, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, going to be down there to uh, to help um, get ready for that and bring the news. Uh, so tell us about the the Summer Games 2017.
3: It will be held starting Friday through Sunday. We have, um, it is very much an Olympian model. So Special Olympics is to our athletes just what the Olympics are to any other uh, athlete. And this year is a qualifying year for National Games 2018, which will be held in Seattle, Washington. So our athletes are about 4,000 athletes currently across the state of Mississippi, and they have been working year round in their local local areas in their local sport that they choose to participate in and close to a thousand of them have qualified to come to Keesler to compete all day Saturday in the events that will then lead them should they succeed there to Seattle, Washington next year. Oh wow.
0: Uh, it's going to be incredible. Yeah that is going to be very nice and you, you mentioned it's going to be at Keesler Air Force Base.
6: Yeah uh, uh, and we're also joined on the phone here today Jay by um, Technical Sergeant Billy Wentz, and those guys, when you and I were doing this show back in February, uh, Monica and uh, and Technical Sergeant Wentz and everyone with K- at Keesler Air Force Base has been, uh, has been working to put these games on, and he's here with us
0: now. Uh, hey, h- how are you? Thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you guys. Well, what, uh, from, from the base's standpoint, what all logistically goes into, I imagine that this is a, a, a tremendous undertaking uh, to, to or, or maybe not, I don't know, but what, what is the transformation uh, situation like for the base?
5: Truly, it, it is one of the largest events that occurs on Keesler Air Force Base. Keesler has two events that occur that are large. One is an air show, <clears throat> and the second one is the Mississippi Special Olympics. Um, the amount of um, outpouring in volunteer and um of well, athlete support and such is tremendous, absolutely tremendous. The base becomes transformed into um, one of the largest events from um, the timing that starts in December all the way through May. That's how long it takes to actually um, logistically set up the whole event itself on Key Air Force Base.
0: Well, wow, that's, that's pretty remarkable. So how many, how many people do you anticipate being on or around or impacting the campus o- over the next week or so?
5: Well, we're looking at approximately 700 athletes. Um, we will have um, approximately 1,400 tech school student sponsors that will be um, what it, helping out and assisting the, the athletes themselves, um, probably about um, four to 6,000 volunteers. We're all wow. looking at, of course, family members of um, the athletes and those who are supporting them. So we will be housing that many people. Um, the undertaking will involve a majority of uh, personnel at the base um, involvement to include tech school students from the Navy side, uh, the Marine Corps side, and, of course, the Air Force side. Um, we, uh, we truly enjoy having Special Olympics on Keeser going on 31 years
0: strong. Goodness. All right, so um – how how monica how have you gone about building the 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 list of events and the games that are going to be taking place cuz i'm looking i'm looking through this um uh, guide right here and th- this is uh not that i expected anything different but this is a ton of events i mean it speaks to the what uh what 4 to 6000 volunteers but uh there's a ton of things going on here
3: uh, there is a ton of things going on here um and Outside of just this weekend, there are 19 uh, sports that go on in 20 different uh, what we call regions across the state that are all coordinated by volunteers uh, year round. And so state summer games is just a culmination of all of that that has been going on all year. I didn't do that. I started <laughs> in December and I have an outstanding uh team and our sports director for the state Terry Shanall has been working and doing the yeah, games coordination like. and he <laughs> is fantastic and um, we and like uh, was said earlier we could not provide the truly olympic standard uh, event if it were not for Keystar Air Force Base. They are absolutely incredible.
0: So for folks who want to volunteer, um, when when you sign up or when you contact Special Olympics Mississippi, um, what, what are some of the things that uh, that that you get into when you become a volunteer. I know there's a lot of, and there's coaches and then there's, you know, event support and things like yeah. that. What all, what all can you get involved with?
6: Well, you can get involved with pretty much anything you want. As uh, technical Sergeant Wentz can tell you, <laughs> we've had meetings the last, well, they've had them for a, a quite a while, but I've been involved with them the last uh, two. Uh, there were two in the month that I've been there. Uh, so, I mean, from medical support to helping out at the dining facility uh, to being a timer at the swimming event at the Biloxi Natatorium, one of my old stomping grounds there, Jay, back in uh, the high school the high school swimming days. Uh, but, uh, you know, I can't come on season pass not mention the, the that's swimming. That's true. So uh, w- w- with anything, I mean, uh, there's a street dance at the end uh, where, where people, be, you know, having a good time and making sure that everybody's having a good time safely and being okay, uh, because of course, you know, with the heat and things like that, it'll be tough, and and uh Technical Sergeant Wins can tell you we've been searching high and low for the volunteers, uh, and folks are being great. If you call 228 376 I think that's 228-376-6776. Uh, you can get on the list and volunteer there with those guys at, uh, at Kiesler.
3: We'd love to have volunteers uh, present medals to our athletes. So we have medal presentations, and it's uh, oh, absolutely gold, silver, and bronze. Um, and uh, Wentz is in charge of that. He does an excellent job making sure that that is a very special moment for all of our athletes. There's also an Olympic Village so it's like at every at every yeah. other Olympic event, and that is uh, one of the athletes' favorite places to go. And there's always an opportunity for volunteers at the Olympic Village too. So, y'all come on down.
0: Absolutely, uh, Technical Sergeant Wentz, what, what is what does this mean for the for the folks, the the men and women uh, who work and live on the base to be able to interact with these athletes and folks for a while and just be able to to. I guess, kind of just eat up not just their, their athletic spirit, but just their spirit in general.
5: It's an amazing feeling, absolutely amazing. The, to, for an athlete, you know, the, the, the moment to receive a medal, to be recognized, that's going to be one of the highlights of their entire life, I can guarantee you. For us military members, the, the, the feeling we get when we actually place a medal on an athlete, and an athlete says, thank you so much. And then to know that we affected their, their lives positively, to get them recognized, and they could always remember, at Keesler Air Force Base, I received a medal at the Special Olympics from this military person. You know, it could be a, a major, a colonel, an airman, it could be any one of um, the, 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 the whole scope of Keesler and, and throughout the whole region itself. It's an amazing feeling. It's very humbling. I tell you, it, it, there's no other feeling to give something of yourself. And um, and to be part of somebody's life positively that they will always remember.
0: Absolutely. That's that's fantastic. Now let me ask, uh, here in the studio, um more than just uh the the summer games or the big the big annual events, what are what are the things that you're doing throughout the course of the year where people who call to volunteer or people who support uh Special Olympics Mississippi Uh, that their money may go to or that they know that they're helping, the the things that they're building outside of just the big events that that get a lot of the press coverage.
3: Right. Uh, So I mentioned earlier, we have 20 uh, areas. The state's divided up in 20 areas, and there are local athletes um, from Hill Country all the way down to the coast to the Delta, um, and they are year-round participating in sports. Never does an athlete or their family incur any cost to participate on the local level, regional level, or on the state level. Um, We're a very small team in the state office. There's only six of us, but Mm -hmm. uh, we're small but mighty. And so we make sure that every athlete and their family in the state is supported and that any event that they want to participate in, that they want to train, that they want to prepare for. Um, we also address health care and advocate for our athletes to be able to have access um, to health issues, health-related issues, um, and none of that is at any cost uh, to them or their family.
0: All right, so uh, you mentioned that you're an MPB <laughs> supporter, so you know that we talk about the different levels and give you all kind of different excuses and reasons to be a supporter. Is there <laughs> any? Are there any suggested... Uh, support levels for special olympics mississippi
3: lots of money any any donation uh helps an athlete so just anything that anyone feels comfortable doing um we we graciously accept that and whether it's your time your treasure your talent um you know just just join us join us in this it's more than just the sport it is actually uh special olympics is uh, a movement and a mission around inclusion and when we look at uh our athletes and they're alongside the volunteer technical students as he was saying the airmen and women who are going to be with them all weekend it is truly an environment of inclusion and we are trying to eradicate the notion of us and them it's all And we're all participating and we're all going for the gold. And to get there, uh, it takes support. So any and all gifts are welcome.
0: All right. And so if somebody, again, wants to become involved, what's uh, the best ways that they can do that?
6: SpecialOlympicsMississippi.org or, as I said this weekend, 228 376 It's 228-376-6776. I, I feel like I have to do a number in here, right? Right, <laughs> right. What were you saying, uh, Sergeant? The technical sergeant
5: Sorry about that, Sam. Um, it's two two eight three seven six seven six six seven. Ah, there you go.
0: All right. Inverted number. <laughs> Technical Sergeant Billy Wentz, with, uh, uh, thank you so much for your time this morning and uh, with uh, Keesler Air Force Base. And uh, we appreciate uh, you and uh, the men and women with the base uh, opening your arms to this great event and volunteering your time. And uh, thanks for coming on this morning.
5: Thanks so much. We're very humble.
0: Have a good day. All right. Thanks a lot. Um, And uh, here in the studio with us, Monica Daniels, executive director with Special Olympics Mississippi, and uh, the homeboy, returning (laughs) uh, marketing and development director, Sam Wells. I'm not even going to ask you a sports question. Hey,
6: well, I'll I'll say this about sports real quick. People, you're going to see some good sports become this. Uh Jamal Charles was a Special Olympic athlete. He's a running back for the different Broncos right now. So you're going to see some athletic feats that you you, you might think – uh, you know, you know, this is uh, you're going to see some great athleticism for sure. Track and field, swimming, tennis, wheelchair, uh, sports as well. Right. So you're going to see some pretty incredible stuff.
0: Absolutely. Thank you all so much for coming Thank in. Thank you. And we uh, wish you the absolute best. We hope it uh, it comes off without a hitch. And uh, everybody has a great time coming up. All right, uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have David Brant. He is the uh, the Associated Press sports editor for the state of Mississippi. We'll talk about uh, all the success that uh, the athletic programs are having at state and Ole Miss right now, and uh, get you a little primer for some college baseball as we uh, head down the home stretch right here. I'm Jay White. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.
1: to stories and shows go to mpbonline.org this
3: week on ampton wired los brown
5: music is always in my head but sometimes I, I i wake up in the middle of the night with a melody in my head so i knew that this is what god wanted me to do Ampton Wire. Watch it loud Friday
1: at 10 on MPB Television.
0: In the morning, my MPB public media app is always ready to give me the morning snooze. It's 6 o'clock. This is MPB Think Radio. And all throughout the day, checking up on my favorite MPB programs is just a Leung
3: clip. With Jeremy Hobson, it's here now.
0: Swipe. We're looking for anybody who enjoys eating. or we'll scroll away. I'm Walt Grayson. Welcome to Mississippi Road. My MPB public media app is always ready to keep me informed and entertained the way I want, when I want. Download the app now on your favorite device informative mpb
1: news stories the local shows you love up-to-date severe weather info and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of mississippi you're listening to mpb think radio
2: hi i'm dr jimmy stewart join me each thursday for southern remedy kids and teens on mpb think radio each week, we talk with you about the health issues that are facing your children. From acne to concussions to diaper rashes and tonsils, from potty training to allergies to braces and everything in between. It's Mississippi's free weekly pediatric clinic on the radio. Listen to any of our episodes on demand through the MPB Public Radio app and online at MPBOnline.org. Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, this morning at 11 on MPB Think Radio. This is
1: MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.
0: Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. Uh, update at Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, matchups for today. Uh, Jackson State will take on Texas Southern in a winner's bracket game. That'll be a four o'clock start. And uh, in the main event tonight, it'll be Alabama State and Alcorn State. Alcorn uh, shocked, grambling the Western Division champion and sent them in the loser's bracket. And uh, it'll be Alabama State, widely regarded as the uh, the second best team in the league behind JSU, uh, all according Alabama State in a winner's bracket game, 7 o'clock tonight. So a couple of Mississippi teams in the winner's bracket right there, or essentially into uh, the semifinals for all intents and purposes. David Brandt is the Associated Press Sports Editor for the state of Mississippi. He joins us now again on the program. David, so good to have you back, man. How are you? Doing well? How are you? I'm doing well, man. You, you, you in Mississippi, there's a lot of people is football, football, football all the time, man. And then you, you sent me a tweet about a Rich Hill curveball, and I was like, oh man, I'm not alone. It was so good.
4: Yeah, no, he was. <laughs> I, I had the pleasure of covering him back when he was a minor leaguer back in Double uh, A, and and Rich Hill was, I mean, he had as good of a curveball as Barry Zito or something like that. So. You know, it took him a while to find himself. Obviously, he's in his mid-30s now, but uh, got his big contract with the Dodgers and played well these days.
0: Absolutely. Before we get into baseball, let me ask you, uh, you know, your thoughts. I mean, you you get a chance to speak occasionally with the athletic directors at State at Ole Miss and and Southern Miss. Um, What do you think about – maybe what do you think has brought on the the recent – Piles of success that we've had in non-revenue sports. You know, Mississippi State's women's basketball team played for the national championship. You got this uh, Ole Miss team, uh, golf team that just advanced past the regional round. They qualified for the for the the national tournament uh, coming up. The uh, Ole Miss won the SEC softball championship. Mississippi State and Ole Miss both are in the the NCAA tournament. Uh, uh, they both had uh, tennis teams in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I, I hope I'm not forgetting anything else. Well, Ole Miss's women's team playing in the WNIT, I believe, as well. Uh, but that obviously there's been a lot of success, and um, both athletic departments, outside of just football and the games you see on TV all the time, are are moving in a really good direction right now.
4: Yeah, you're right. and And I think it's really two things. I think one is both schools have really made it a priority a concerted effort that if we're going to play a sport we're going to try to be good at the sport and you know you see some of the most successful uh, athletic programs across the country like uh, across the board like a place like stanford uh is, is very good at many things florida is kind of the same way they offer a lot of sports they're good at almost all of them and i, I think that you know, that Ole Miss and Mississippi State are trying to model themselves a little bit at least after those, those schools that offer a lot of things that are good at a lot of things. And I think that, you know, wanting to be good at it is one thing. But the, the biggest thing I think is that these schools, especially the SEC now, are, are flush with cash. And certainly yeah. that football is driving that. But all that money doesn't necessarily, yes, the football program gets a lot of that money, but that money goes to other things too, and it goes to other sports. Um, and you're seeing places like Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they have very good facilities, you know, in, in a lot of these sports. You know, the, the softball complex at Ole Miss is very nice. Um, you know, they, they, these schools, even in the non-revenue sports, they don't lack for anything. And, and I think that, you know, in college recruiting and different things like that, even for a softball or a tennis or a golf, they know these things, and they know that, it, you know, these athletes know if you go play at an SEC school, you're going to be taken care of because those schools are flush with cash right now and they're investing not just in football but in the minor sports as well.
0: David Brand is our guest. He is the uh, Associated Press sports editor for the state of Mississippi. David, let me ask you about, uh, of course, college baseball is uh, the, the big deal right now, uh, depending on um, how much you've invested in this whole mess. Uh, NCAA story, but anyway, another, another time. Uh, but uh, the college baseball right now, um, this has been another really good season in the state of Mississippi. Uh, I mean, out of, out of the, the biggest four schools, I mean, when you were coming on, I talked about the SWAC tournament Jackson state with a win last night. I think they're 36 and 17 or 37 and 17, something like that. They're in the top 10 and seven or eight different offensive categories uh, the, the bad thing for them is is that if they don 't win uh, you know two more games in this tournament it 's basically for zero, which is dumb, I think, but just a little bit about the the college baseball season in general this year and and why you think Mississippi continues to be such uh, eh, well we got to let the, cut the band loose there. Uh, why Mississippi continues to be such a hotbed for college baseball.
4: Well, I think the biggest thing is like we talked about. It's a sport that really all the schools invest in, and and there's great facilities, there's great fan support. I mean, if you're a really good college baseball player, not just in Mississippi, and there's really good high school baseball in Mississippi, but anywhere in the southeast, really in the country, you know, I, I think the Mississippi schools, along with maybe an LSU or a South Carolina, you know, a couple other schools, but there's not many places where you'll go, I mean, outside of Major League Baseball, you know, you'll hear guys talk about this, that until you make the big leagues, there's not an atmosphere like it. Like if you play double A or triple A baseball in the minors, there's no atmospheres like a Friday night in the SEC at LSU or Ole Miss. And, and, and I think that even, you know, places like Delta State and Jackson State, I mean, they invest in the programs and, and they're very good. And, and like you said, it's been another great year. Um, Southern Miss is outstanding this year. Um, they, they've got one of the better offenses in the country, and they've got some good pitching guys like Dylan Burdo and, and Mason Irby and a freshman named Matt Walner, who's already got 15 homers. I mean, it's a, it's a great lineup. Um, and then Mississippi State has really been one of the surprises of the SEC. You know, they made that coaching change because John Cohen took the athletic director's position at Mississippi State, and so they brought in Andy Cannizzaro. Uh, a little later than most coaches would come in, but he's he's been fantastic, and he's certainly a candidate for coach of the year. Um, they've got a good lineup led by Brent Rooker, and then that pitching staff. I mean, it, it's not very deep, and and kind of had to piece it together, but it, it's been good enough. And you know, at some point, you know, you might say State's been a little lucky, but. You are what your record is at, at some point. That's right, seventeen and ten in the SEC, and and they've been they've been really
0: good. Oh look, I mean, I, I don't know how long now I've been saying, well, I I don't know that you can expect this to keep going, and then they keep going. Uh, so it's it's been yeah. If if there's an MVP trophy for the SEC, it might be uh, uh, Gary Henderson and, and the job that he's done piecing that pitching staff together. An interesting dynamic, as you mentioned, is the, the pitching coach was hired by the, the outgoing baseball coach before the next head coach was hired, and and it's worked out totally fine. And especially the the pitching coach who was hired first is a veteran coach in the league who's older than the head coach who they hired, who's a younger guy getting his first shot. Those are a lot of things that are pointing in direct conflict with one another, and it's been totally fine, at least in the exterior. And it, it must be fine on the inside because they keep winning games and, and they're putting guys in a position to be successful. Yeah, well, well,
4: winning cures a lot of people for one thing. But, also, <laughs> right. but you're, you're right. You know, Gary Henderson is a guy at least – he might be 60, but he's at least in his 50s. And uh, Canizaro is in his mid-30s and things like that. In fact, you know, he played – very briefly, he played Major League Baseball for the Yankees yeah. and Devil Rays and played for two great – you know, if you've got to play for two managers in the big leagues, Joe Torrey and Joe Madden are, are not yeah. too not, bad a choice. Not right bad. There. And, and those are his uh, – the, the two guys he played for in the Major League. So the thing that really interests me about Cannizzaro is that John Cohen, you know, kind of handpicked him, really liked what he saw when he was an assistant at LSU. And obviously he's been great, but it fascinates me because – Personality-wise, Cohen and Cannizzaro couldn't be much diff- more different. Um, you know, John Cohen is a terrific baseball coach, but I would not classify him as warm and fuzzy. You know, he, he could be a very – he could be very demanding. He could be very – you know, he's a very intelligent guy, but he could be just his his sarcastic – you know, I mean, he could get really biting sometimes and stuff like that. And Cannizzaro – now, I haven't seen what he does – you know, it, when, the, when the doors are closed and different things like that. But Cannizzaro is, generally speaking, in my dealings with him, very positive, very kind of upbeat. Um, you know, again, he's had a lot of reason to be positive and upbeat so far this year. But it, it just fascinates me that Cohen had the wherewithal and the understanding to look for a good baseball coach and he found one but it was so much you know because a lot of times we want to find somebody like us yeah um or handles things like us and I think Cannizzaro is a lot different and so I I, all the credit goes to John Cohen for for finding somebody and you know putting him in a little bit of a tough situation but it's it's worked out fantastically so far
0: and you know it's a little bit to the credit of uh of John Cohen that you know his two assistants from last year one of them is is probably well I, I guess it's probably going to be the the league coach of the year at kentucky and uh the other is you know he's he's made an an immediate impact in turning around the auburn program so but let me all right let me put you on the spot a little bit here david now you you played you played division 2 college baseball uh now that's i mean that 99% of guys don't get to that level so uh, i don't want you to downplay uh your ability back in the day but the the season um that we're seeing brent rooker have how difficult of a thing is that as as a guy who played the game at a high level in college how difficult is it at the SEC level uh you know a thing you've also seen as a, as a beat writer and now the sports editor for the ap for the state uh, i mean you've seen that beat for you know 10 years or longer now how difficult is it to do what he's done and maintain the level he's had
4: well, it's, it's, it's very hard. And, it, you know, it's not just the homers. He's got 20 homers, but he's also got 25 or 26 doubles. He's one of the league leaders in stolen bases. Um, he's hitting 400. I mean, just all the things. Because, you know, especially nowadays, SEC baseball, there's a lot of, you know, a decent amount of press about it. Brent Rooker is not surprising anybody anymore. Right. And, and even though that is a good lineup, everybody, I guarantee, goes into the game with their pitching staff do not let Brent Rooker beat you. That is what they say. You know, let other guys in the lineup beat you. You know, Jake Mangum's very good. Ryan Gridley's good. But we'll we'll take our chances with those guys. Don't let Brent Rooker beat you. And so I guarantee you Rooker is not getting a ton of great pitches to hit right now because people would rather walk him. And he still, you know, you sometimes see a lot of guys um, get fat statistics off of non-conference games, you know, beating up on the small guys. But if you look at, at Rooker's SEC stats, they're really, really good. I mean, they're about the same as as all his other stats. I believe he's hitting about 370 in conference play. I, you know, I think 14 or so of his homers have come against uh, league competition. I mean, he's he's been very good. So, yes, to do what he's doing is very difficult because. There, there are no secrets. Fifty games into the season, and and he's not getting a lot of good pitches to hit right now.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean that's, I mean, I mean to your point, I mean that's what I mean. Georgia practically just said we're not going to throw anything to that guy, and and yeah. it helped I mean, him.
4: I know if I was the coach of an opposing team, that's exactly what I'd do. It'd be like walk him, unless you know the the bases are empty. If he's the first guy, you know, to lead off an inning, you take your chances then. But. Um, you know, people are on base and it's a tight game. Uh uh-uh. we'll, uh you know, Well, we'll we'll let somebody else, you know, try to beat us. But but Brent Rooker has too much of a proven track record at this point.
0: Yeah, it's it's almost to the point where it was like Barry Bonds and what was it like o two o three where, I mean, yeah, he was he was getting intentionally walked, walked with the bases loaded.
4: But, yeah, but we're 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 nearing that. But I don't think that's quite happened yet.
0: Right. All right. So uh, let me put you on the spot again a little bit right here. What do you think? Um, what do you think Southern Miss's chances are of hosting? Do you think it's almost set in stone now? What do you think they need to do, Is it, or is there something they could do to knock themselves out of that spot by this chance, by, by this point now?
4: I, I think they could feel pretty good about it. I, You know, they, they can't just totally fall apart. They need to... Um... You know, winning the series, they don't have to sweep, but at least winning the series this weekend and having a solid showing at the Conference USA tournament, I, I don't think they have to run the table or anything like that. But I, I just, you know, I, I, they, they won Conference USA going away. Um, you know, they've got a lot of good wins over quality competition. I, I think that when, you know, all things being equal, if it's close, I still think they'll host, even if their RPI isn't perfect, things like that. But they, ju- they just can't collapse. I mean, because sometimes, you know, those mid-major schools don't get the benefit of the doubt if they're not playing well down the stretch. But I I think, I'm not going to say they're totally slump-proof, but I think they've got the pitching and the hitting. I I would be very surprised if if they fell
0: off a cliff. All right, in about 45 seconds, what does Ole Miss have to do to solidify that large bid?
4: Great question. Ole Miss is, you know, they're the exact opposite of Mississippi State. They pitch and play defense. They really struggle to hit the ball. I, I would say that this weekend against auburn is essentially a play-in weekend auburn yeah. after starting really well has has really tailed off um i, I think if old miss can win two out of three they'll be 15 and 15 in the league and historically um those teams get to the ncaa tournament so i think if they win two out of three they'll get there
0: all right man david you're the best always man i, I really do appreciate you coming on and, and talking to you again
4: Absolutely, Jay.
0: Take care. All right, you do the same, man. David Brandt, the Associated Press Sports Editor for the State of Mississippi. I'd like to thank David for his time this morning. And uh, also Monica Daniels, the Executive Director of Special Olympics Mississippi, and Sam Wells, the Marketing and Development Director of Special Olympics Mississippi. And, uh, well, a fun and and quick show. Uh, Java Chapman uh, engineered for us this morning. And... uh, Patrick Price was our call screener and did some producing for the show as well. That's it for us. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Southern Remedy Kids and Teens, right here on MPB Think Radio.